Handpicked, we know, is a way that works well in certain situations yeah. and machine picked in other situations. And they both dun, 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 can have good tasting coffee. Coffee. Wow. Want to learn more about that black magic elixir we call coffee? Look no further. I'm Kenneth Thomas, and this is Coffee 101, brought to you by Humble Coffee. Coffee 101 is your complete knowledge base for all things coffee. Listen to the show, and you'll be able to make phenomenal coffee at home. Know what in the world your barista is talking about at your local coffee shop when she throws those big words at you with a bunch of syllables. And troubleshoot basically any coffee dilemma that arises. Today on the show, you may be excited, you may not be, but we are on the precipice, the edge of leaving the farm and going off into doing other stuff. So today we're talking all about harvesting methods. Those cherries are ripe and we've got to pick them. Today, I'm joined on the show by Katie. Aw, thanks, guys. No, that really. was so sweet. Yeah, y'all can stop. I know y'all miss now. me. So, how are you? I'm pretty good. How are you? I'm good. How are, are you, all you guys? That's the real question. The one on oneers out there? Leave it in the comments below. Well, they we want to know. They can't oh, comment on podcasts. You can't. No. But they can leave a review. Yes, leave a review. And. Tell us how you're doing. Yeah, tell us how you're doing. And I'm, we'll read them. I'm new to the podcast world, so don't judge me. Yep. She does more YouTube and Instagram yes. and all that kind of stuff that yes. younger generations Yeah, do. the cooler people. I'm the just hip. kidding. I listen to podcasts all the time. I love them. This is a great one, by the way. <laughs> it is. So and today, glad you're here. Today we're talking about harvesting. Do you know, Katie, um, what different ways you could process, I mean, not process, that you could harvest, harvest coffee? I actually do. I know that you can harvest it manually, like picking all the cherries and stuff, which I feel like would take forever, especially since it's super hot outside. That would be really hard. But um, there's also, like, I guess, tech, tech, I'm trying to mechanical, mechanical harvesting. Yeah. yeah, that's what I was trying to say. I think I was trying to say technology, but there's mechanical harvesting where you use like bots and stuff, I guess, right? Yeah, they look like, like little tools. Star Wars yeah. things. Yeah. But yeah. So that's a little bit of what I know. There you go. So, yeah. So, um, the hand picking and machine picking, those are the yeah. two big ways. And, you know, people usually have an opinion. They say, Hand picking is better. Mm-hmm. I can see why they say that. Why do you say that? Just because um, I feel like a lot of people, especially, um, no offense, but like the older generations feel like um, they're kind of scared of technology and machines just because like they didn't really grow up with it. They don't know what it could do. Um, it's all new to them. And manual picking, you can get like just what's right and you can trust it. More because it's like the human brain that's deciding whether or not it's good or not, and it's not like a machine. 
Okay, so I'm going to give you an A and an F at the same time. Well, and let me tell you why. You let have me to talk. give me extra points. This is let the most prepared I've ever been before. Let me talk. So the you are correct in that they can pick the ripest beans. I give mm-hmm. you an A plus there. That old people are scared of technology. I'm giving you an F. Hey, I'm just, I'm not saying they're scared. I'm saying, well, some, some <laughs> well, of listen, them are scared. Will, will you at least agree with me that technology continues to get better and Absolutely. better? Yes. So that maybe even with our picking, yeah. that there are good machine no. picking yeah. things out there. And we're that, going to learn because yeah. we're going to talk to a couple of different yeah. people uh-huh. today. And we're going to ask them. So a couple of things to throw out there real quick. The harvesting method chosen can impact the coffee quality, the cost of production, the environmental impact, and social impact, just to name a few. And there are many factors, which we will learn about, that go into what's best. There are situations where, hands down, one harvesting method is better compared to another. A lot of it depends on landscape. Labor, scarcity, mm-hmm. wages, and more. And, you know, we just had to stay in Hawaii yeah, to talk to I people. I love Hawaii. I still haven't I mean, to go. We yeah, haven't we're not literally yet. in Hawaii. We're talking about on the interview scene. We're just staying in Hawaii. Yeah. And so we got Delvin, Delvin. of Marnock Coffee Farms. Delf, my man. Yeah. Back. And we got Fred Cowell. Nice. Um from Kauai Coffee. Nice. Back. Because one of them is... Wait, which one did Kona Coffee? So Kona is a bigger, um, I guess you'd say, regional brand or uh-huh. or name for the type of coffee that comes oh, out of Hawaii. okay, okay, never mind. So, so Kona Coffee, and there is a region that yeah. is like the Kona region, but, but Hawaii in general has several coffee-growing regions. Okay. So, yeah, so that's what it is. So, so both of these would, you know, at least fall under Hawaiian coffee. Okay. Um, so, so, yeah, so, you know, Delvin has a small farm mm-hmm. and uh, they handpick. Yeah. And so I wanted to talk us to talk to him about, um, you know, that. Handpicking, yeah. Handpicking. And then I wanted us to talk to Fred because if you remember that, farm for Kauai coffee is like five square miles. Yeah. Yeah. And so they machine pick. Mm -hmm. Um, And so honestly, going into it, I, you know, I'm like most snobby coffee people. And I thought, you know, handpicked is better. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, I think Fred showed me for sure that there's a place uh, that... Yeah, yeah, for machines um, for specialty coffee. So let's talk about hand-picked, and then we'll jump in and talk to Delvin. So, like you said, hand-picked literally means hand-picked. They Mm -hmm. go through, and they pick just the ripe cherries multiple times during the harvest season, which is called selective harvesting. Yeah. You knew that, didn't you? Mm, Absolutely. Okay. Or they can do what's called strip-picking, which is where they just take their their hand and they run it along the the coffee branch and like just pull off all the berries yeah which is similar to what when we talk about machine picking so it's not selective um so somebody could say a farm could say hand pick but they're strip picking and that's not Mm -hmm. the best 
um, way to do it. So ultimately, though, it comes down to we want the bean to be ripe. The mm-hmm. riper the bean, but not overripe, kind of like Goldilocks, you know, then the better the taste quality is yeah. in the cup. That makes sense. Okay. So let's get Delvin on the phone and get his take on this. All right. We had him a couple of weeks ago. I brought back Delvin of Navarro Coffee Farms and Hawaiian Monarch Coffee out of Hawaii to talk about specifically hand-picking coffee. So, Delvin, great to have you back on. Hey, aloha, Kenneth. Glad, glad to be back. See, there you are again with the aloha. <laughs> I love it. All right, so y'all which is a Southern word, Southern U.S. word, y'all handpick your coffee. So tell me a little bit about that. Okay. When when we handpick our coffee, we kind of literally mean handpick our coffee. So what we have is we have my family actually come out, and I have a big family, so that kind of helps. We get out there with baskets and straps and, pick all red cherries off of the tree. It's, it's, it's laborious. Yeah. Just got to go through the tree. Oh, it's almost like picking blueberries. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So do you, as an aside, do y'all have blueberries in Hawaii? Um, right now, no, but, um, there are some varieties that we are looking at to try and grow. Interesting. Um, I know we have them here, in Mississippi, um, but I know there's some other areas that uh, they grow um, even better than here. And I was just, I was just curious. So tell me about the actual landscape of where your farm is. Okay, I, well, we're we're kind of fortunate to have one of the flatter parts of the land up okay. where we have a farm. Um, it's hilly. It's called Cloud Rest. So the name kind of fits perfect because it gets clouded over every day at about 11 o'clock. Awesome. So, yeah, that, that kind of helps everybody. Yeah, you don't need to work in the sun all day. Yeah. So, so yeah, it's it's real nice up there. It's quiet. Um, no one lives on the farms as of now, uh-huh. but we, we are kind of transferring into that, you know, we getting our workers closer to the area. Okay. And so you said it's called Cloud Rest? Yes. That's cool. I like that. And, you know, when you were talking about uh, hand-picking, technically for our 101ers out there, this is what we would call selective harvesting. And what Delvin and his family, his large family, are doing is they're picking the right beans, and then they're coming back through and back through and back through um, when those beans are ripe. And this is different than strip picking, uh, which is technically another hand-picked way to do it, Um, but that is more where you kind of grab the branch and you kind of run your hand along it, and all those those beans, like the the, anywhere from green to red, you know, come off. Um, and that's, that's more like, uh, machine picking. And in this particular area of Hawaii, 
most I would say, am I right, Delvin, is handpicked? Yeah, I would yeah, I would say about a hundred percent of farmers on the Big Island handpick their coffee. And what do you think as far as like when you're looking at um quality um of the beans, um hand picked versus machine picked? Okay, well um when when you do hand picking, um it's you get a lot more red coffee in there you know um farmers spend a lot of money on their equipment at home Mm -hmm. and um, you know having green coffee in your equipment actually kind of wears and tears your equipment down after a season yeah interesting and yeah and we actually don't have a market for green coffee out here or processed green coffee on a in Hawaii so um I'd say that it's it's all a combination of the land and if the farmer does have enough equipment to buy a machine to harvest his coffee, um, what comes after that is actually buying the machine to sort your coffee, mm-hmm. you know, and then it just goes on from there. So some of the farmers don't have enough income to get those equipment, but hand harvesting kind of gives us a way to get the best out of our whole crop. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. And we talked about it a couple of shows ago, but if anybody wants to find you, they can go to on Instagram, Hawaiian Monarch Coffee and or Navarro Coffee Farm. And we'll put the link in the show notes. And uh, one last question before I let you go. What what mm-hmm. got you into and potentially we'll say hooked on coffee or coffee farming? Well, what actually got me hooked was, um, I guess it's kind of ingrained in me. I'm, I'm, I'm part native Hawaiian and, you know, there's a different feeling when you're out there on the farm and, you know, working your own land. Yeah. Um, it just brings satisfaction in a way. Uh, I've, I've done a lot of jobs and I can say that, you know, farming is actually where I kind of belong. So that, that, feeling of um, accomplishment in farming has kind of drawn me. Yeah. You know, to be a better farmer. Well, that's awesome. Well, it's great to have you back on, Delvin. Well, it's nice being here again, Kenneth. Thank you. All right, so that was pretty cool. Mm -hmm. So he does what we talked about, selective harvesting with the multiple picks so Uh that you get the right cherries. Um. A lot of times when the when people are hand picking it's because the terrain is like really like crazy. Yeah. But his farm part of it's kind of flat. Yeah. Um and and so, you know, you don't have to hand pick there, mm-hmm. but a lot of it is that it's a small enough farm, they don't need like this massive super expensive piece of yeah. machinery. Right. You know. And I thought it was cool that like that area and this has nothing to do with the actual harvesting, mm-hmm. but that that area where his farm was is called Cloud Rest. Oh yeah, that was really cool. And so he said eleven o'clock every day. Yeah. The clouds when the cloud rest. Comes over. Yeah. That's pretty there. cool. Yeah. 
I think it sounds like a good band name. That is Cloud Rest. Yeah. I would listen to them. I would too. What kind of band do you think they would be? I feel like they would be like a, um, like an alternative. Like kind alternative, of like, the like old. Oh, I was gonna say like yeah. old people who are scared of technology type no. type alternative. <laughs> Just forget I said like that. I'm sorry. Pearl Jam and Nirvana, like back in the day, or or you mean oh you mean like new alternative? I mean like, like yeah, new alternative. Okay, like Lumineers and stuff. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I also thought it was cool. Or not cool. I thought it was really interesting Mm -hmm. that he said that the green coffee can mess up the The machine. Yeah, the processing machines. Um, I've just never, never heard anybody, um, you know, talk Talk about about that that specifically. So that is hand picking. Mm -hmm. Now let's talk about uh, machine picking, and then we'll get to Fred and. get his take on things so with machine picking all the cherries are picked yeah whether they're ripe or unripe Mm -hmm. they're just picked yeah um there are sorters that can remove or sort out only the ripest cherries for the best lots yeah when you do machine picking although there is less labor in harvesting this does potentially sacrifice overall efficiency yeah. of the production yield. So you're going to have more waste. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Because you're mm-hmm. picking the green that otherwise, you know, you may not. Yeah. Um, so there are two ways. One is this fancy word called derecadarius. Yeah, I'm not going to try to sound that out. Yeah, I don't know how to I say it I didn't do good in phonics in yeah. kindergarten. Yeah. <laughs> I was like at the bottom my class well so and this is like another language so it's like you know yeah yeah the darius that's what we're going to call them so these are these little handheld machines and it's basically a long stick with two vibrating hands on the end oh that's kind of cool and workers will place a tarp or a plastic something under the tree Mm -hmm. and shake the bejesus out of the limbs and the cherries will fall into the tarp Mm. Um, and it looks kind of like a pole saw with like a big old goofy hand on the end. Mm. So that's what, cool to see. That's what that is. And then um, there are actually these stripping machines that look like we said earlier, they're from Star Wars and they drive essentially over the tree and have these vibrating and turning rods that also shake the bejesus yeah. out of the tree. The fallen cherries then are funneled into a catch bin before they actually hit the ground. And it's a little more efficient, but the land has to be, you have to be able to drive across this land because those machines are top heavy. Yeah. And you wouldn't want one to tip over tip over because they're expensive and then how are you going to get it back up? But I guess you can get it back up, just Mm -hmm. takes a little bit. So... Um, you need to have flat land, which a lot of coffee we know is not on flat land. So it, it would not be uh, amenable yeah. for machine picking. But you have places like big farms in Brazil, Hawaii, um, places like that, yeah. um, and commodity farms around in countries mm-hmm. where machine picking would make sense. Yeah. I wonder how long, though, it'll take them to advance to where they can have machines like on the mountains and stuff? I don't know. That's a good question. Um, yeah, I don't know the answer to that one. But 
I mean, it's probably doable, but yeah, just depends. So a few side note tricks machine pickers can use is they can adjust the vibration and the speed of the rods Mm -hmm. as riper cherries are easier to dislodge. Yeah. So what that means is, um, and you can also adjust the height of the rods to initially get riper cherries that are at the top of the tree where there's more sun and they ripen faster and then come back later in a second harvest and get those lower limbs. And so in all of these little adjustments, you're trying to decrease your waste. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Well, I think we need to talk to Fred now. You I think, want to talk to Fred. You think we have, like, enough, like, knowledge uh, yes. that we can I just... I don't think we'll impress him with their knowledge, No, but... no, utterly not. No. <laughs> but maybe he'll impress us with how machine picking maybe is the right thing for the right situation. Maybe. 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 All right, let's go to Fred. Fred Cowell did such a fantastic job last time and I was like we just got to have him back on because he he taught me on and off the mic so much about what they're doing there at Kauai Coffee there in Hawaii and you know they're I, I just think they're good stewards and thoughtful stewards of where coffee can go and they're using technology in a smart and thoughtful way and they have uh, machine-picked coffee. So I wanted to pick his brain on it. So, Fred, welcome back. Thank you, Kenneth. Good to be back. So with Kauai Coffee, uh, you said that you use mechanical pickers. So first of all, let me ask you this as a technicality, because I saw these really cool, um, I think they're, and I'm probably this I'm probably really messing this word up, but I think they're called directadarias. Directadarias. There's there are these little handheld mm-hmm. machines that like they have like a, it's almost like a big old clown hand on it um, that vibrate. I'm assuming that's probably not what you're using, and you're using actual like machines that look like big old tractors or or what? Yeah, so we're we're using uh, actually a modified blueberry picker and okay. Uh, What's cool about them, they're basically referred to as an over-the-row harvester, um, okay. similar to what they're using in blueberries. There are similar things that are in the wine industry. Uh, ironically, my dad and uh, a friend of mine, uh, Tom Greenwell's dad, got together back in the 80s, and they began talking to blueberry harvester manufacturers in Oregon and tried to bring them into Kona back in the early 80s. And unfortunately, the slope in Kona mm. is just too steep, and these are very top-heavy machines. And if the ground isn't perfectly flat, not this, you can stand some slope, but if you've got any kind of rockiness, it just becomes too unstable. Mm. Um, unfortunately, my dad gave up on that project. Fortunately, he came over and introduced the technology to collect coffee back in the 80s. And we're still using the same type of machines today with very few changes. So what does it actually look like? I mean, because I've heard it looks like this weird Star Wars or, you know, looking thing. Well, if it works for you, I'll be happy to send you some videos. In fact, we've got <laughs> okay. tons of videos that uh, just on YouTube, just look up Kauai Coffee Company, and you'll see some of that, some of the harvesting operations in place and uh, what we're doing. Um, it, it's about 12 feet tall, so okay. the tunnel, so think of it as an inverted U. Uh-huh. Making, making uh, Zoom 
faces to uh, Kenneth here for the rest of the island radio. Um, and it basically drives over the row. And at the front of the harvester are two columns, mm-hmm. about six, eight feet tall, that have horizontal rods. So those horizontal rods uh, roll into the row and they shake side to side with a, a set oscillation speed. And what that does is it shakes the branches of the trees and the ripe beans will fall down. Mm-hmm. Fall down, they, they uh, are diverted away from the, the trunks towards a catch mechanism, and then they're collected up at the top of the machine and put into a bin and then later unloaded into a, a front-end loader. Gotcha. And so it's a, it's a relatively, you know, we, we say that we're just shaking the trees until they give up their young, but it's, it's actually a relatively gentle procedure as the machines are moving through. The machines are moving at a half mile per hour. Yeah. So it's literally slowly feeding the, the trees into these cylinders that are then shaking and knocking the fruit down to the bottom. So how, oh, well, okay, a couple questions is, do you do multiple, like, runs in a harvest season? That's a great question, and it really depends on the economics. Okay. So um, some of your listeners are probably familiar with different coffee varieties. Mm-hmm. Certain varieties have more value. Right. Um, we also have uh, what we call relatively set costs in terms of labor, fuel, and machinery costs. And if the amount of fruit that I'm going to harvest drop, drops below a set rate, I'm actually burning more labor and fuel than I am returning mm-hmm. coffee. Okay. So we won't go back in if I'm below that point of diminishing returns. Huh. The higher value coffee means that I, that I can stand a lower volume or, or mass because we, we deal with everything in pounds um, and still make that same pass. I got you. You know, and I guess another, um, I guess, way to look and think about machine versus hand-picked, remind our 101ers out there how large your farm is or the farm for Kauai is roughly 3000 acres, five square miles. And okay. it represents about one third of the production in the state as well and as the country. There's a small amount in California. Just ballpark off the top of your head. Do you have any idea how many trees that is? Um, I've got better than ballpark, but I'll give you the ballpark anyway. Okay. Uh, we are, uh, there's two different numbers. One is if I draw a circle around my farm on a map, uh-huh. uh, it, it encloses roughly 4,500 acres. But I've got roads and reservoirs and right. uh, other things that are within it to include our visitor center, our factory, uh, some uh, uh, valleys that are not uh, farmable. So in tree acres, so the number of trees that are just coffee trees, not mm-hmm. counting roads or alleys or anything. We've got about 2,800 acres. Okay. And on average, we've got uh, about one, excuse me, just over a thousand trees per acre. Okay. So roughly the 3 million to 3.5 million trees. So this is the point I want to make. This is the big point I want to make for the 101ers out there, uh, especially if somebody's like, ah, I'm not getting that coffee. It's not hand-picked. There is no way, there is no way that on a farm this size that you can get that many workers to pick during the time that the beans are ripe. Yep. Yeah, I would need almost 3,000 pickers to do what I need to do during the season. And that would be transient pickers. 
because they're coming in for like we'll say one or at best two picks and you would need you said three thousand and and so I just want to make sure that that people see um that point um and basically just don't knock uh, machine picking because a lot of it when we're looking at machine versus hand, it really depends on the location and the situation. So with a lot of these bigger farms that you see, um, like here in Hawaii or we see in Brazil or um, some other places, um, it just it just logistically does not make sense to do it any other way. Yeah. Well, let me give you a play, a, a, take you down a number road real, real quick. Um, I'm very fortunate that my dad has a lot of history and my mom as well in growing coffee in the corner. Um, the, the changes in the coffee industry with, here within Hawaii have been mainly driven by the cost of land and the cost of labor. Mm-hmm. Some environmental regulations, but those are the two main drivers. I know from experience how much coffee a good hand picker can get on a daily basis. And depending on where they are in the season, the middle of the crop is going to have the fullest amount. A good picker is going to average about 250 pounds a day. That's usually a 12-hour day. Start at 6 yeah. in the morning, finish at 6 at night. I think at best I could probably get like 12 pounds a day. Yeah. It's, and it is truly mind-numbing work. I've, yeah. I've done it. It's, it, is, it is back-breaking, especially if you're stepping over rocks and all kinds of other stuff. 250 pounds a day. Um, our machines, because we're set up in straight rows, our trees are optimized for the machine harvesting, they're going to get close to 2,500 pounds. Mm. per hour wow so we're talking a factor of 200 yeah is the difference so the the downside and everybody needs to know there's a downside pick your technology it's going to have its advantages and its disadvantages the downside is that i'm i'm losing some of the beans that have not yet ripened right i may even take them off the tree and not be able to use them and they end up in my compost pile and i'm going to be bringing some beans in that are that are past ripe that are not usable. And those are all taken out during the processing. So our processor is actually optimized to do that separation. So I can get the best of the, the right beams down one, uh, down one line and the rest of the stuff is moved uh, separately. Well, and that was another question that I was going to ask anyway, is after it's harvested, because you're going to get some green beans and some overripes and everything in between, uh, do y'all specifically have like post harvest, like selecting out, like, how do you, how do you actually do that? Because for the people who are looking for specialty coffee, a lot of times that, that good cup quality is going to end up being those ripest beans. Yep. And we even do some, some hand harvesting for our, uh, competition yeah uh competition cups and then we do some hand harvesting for seed selection when we're doing some variety trials so we're doing some uh testing in that way and we'll even we'll even hand harvest um to choose seeds to plant new fields it's the other thing that we'll do so that's all done um in in the factory itself so uh for uh, most coffee farms, it's a picker who's putting it in a 100-pound burlap sack. That fruit then goes to a, a processing mill where it's pulped, right. uh, demucilaged, fermented, if it's going to be uh, done with a fermentation method, dried, and then 
hold after that. So those are the main steps. In our case, um, we're not using burlap sacks. It's literally coming in by the truckload. Right. Our harvesters stay out in the field and get serviced out in the field. But I mean, our machines, not our, our, our crew. And then we'll do uh, hot swaps out in the field uh, day and night. So we're actually going 24 hours a day for about two and a half months straight because we have to get that fruit off all at once. Yeah. Uh, so we're harvesting night and day and the factory is likewise running night and day. Comes into the factory, it's weighed uh, coming in. So that's when we know what our production number is. Mm-hmm. We then begin doing um, quality control sampling. We actually count uh, statistical samples. What is my percentage of ripe, underripe? and overripe. Uh, and then the first thing it does once it goes into the factory is it goes through a water separation bath mm-hmm. and anything that's overripe floats. Right. Floaters go off one direction. The ripes and the greens will sink. So they're basically channeled off into a different direction. And then as the coffee goes through the pulper, the ripe fruit pulps first mm. and the green f- fruit moves further down that pulping line and then pulps next. Mm. And we're, we're always looking at, so some of those floaters are viable. Yeah. Think of it. Most coffee is two beans, right? Right. Other than tea, right? One of those beans might be bad and the other one might be good. And so we're, we're constantly going through these finer and finer segregation methods and cupping it as we go. Um, literally, as soon as it gets out of the dryer and we can put it, send it to the lab and we do cup samples on it, we're testing it constantly. And then we're able to use those as our grades. What is going to show up in our best stuff? Um, what's going to the compost pile? Um, some of it that's still good coffee but isn't a ripe might end up in a, in a flavored coffee, let's say. Right. Or um, just get sold as a, as a lower grade right. uh, along the way. So we want to make the best use of what we do harvest um, and then make sure that we're putting out the best cup quality possible. Gotcha. Well, cool. Well, it was great having you back on today, and we were with Fred Cowell of Kauai Coffee, and we'll put a link in the show notes, and we will also see if we can find us a link uh, to the YouTube video of what this Star Wars-looking picker is like. Can I finish up with one thing that's uh, Absolutely. Go for it. Um. So the mechanical harvester is, is, as you said, it's brute force. It's shaking the tree to, to deliver its fruit. Um, the holy grail, where we really want to go next, mm-hmm. is robotic pickers. Okay. Robotic pickers, um, again, because I couldn't hire that many. Fr- I couldn't find the pickers if I wanted to, and it's very tough to, to do that. We believe that uh, mechanical, excuse me, robotic picking, maybe even with better sensors than we've got, yeah. can do a better job of picking coffee on a round-the-clock basis, which means that every bean on that tree has the potential of being a ripe, perfectly yeah. ripe fruit going in. Yeah, that would be cool. Well, keep us updated. Yeah. That would be awesome. Well, it's great to have you on today. Thank you. Three million trees. That's a lot of trees. That is a lot of trees. Like, I can't even, like, imagine that in my mind. So, if you think about it, what he's saying is you'd have to have 3,000 workers that would be transient or temporary workers to maybe do, you know, a couple of harvests. Uh Uh-huh. That's just, it's impractical. Like, you can't can't do that. With a farm that big, 
you can't do that. And so the only way to get everything picked while it's ripe is to use machines. Because like he said, the average machine can harvest 10 to 20 times more an hour than a worker can in an entire day. Mm. And then here's the other thing that I thought was cool is that Fred talked about that you can have selection of the ripest beans afterwards. And they still use some of those other beans, like in some of their flavored Uh coffees and, you know, some of the other stuff. Um, And so they still get some of the better beans. Mm -hmm. But as a kind of a side aside, I would say for you one oneers out there, if you're, if you've gotten this far in Coffee 101 and you're still buying coffee that is artificially flavored, like this is a good example of how a lot of times that may not be the best coffee that you can get. And if that's the coffee you want, that's fine. But if you're looking for it's the best the coffee, yeah, if you're looking for the best coffee, then it's it's going to be just straight up coffee. Yeah. And it'll have flavor notes which we'll talk about in another episode, flavor notes are different than something that is artificially flavored. Flavor notes are like how it smells, you know, when it's being brewed or the dry grounds or how it actually tastes. That's a question I get a lot. When, like, on your coffee, it'll say, like, flavor notes, blueberry, um, toast, cinnamon, whatever. And then, like, people will always be like, oh, like... Um, I love this one. I love the blueberry flavored coffee. Like, how does he get the flavor in there? And I was like, well, it's not flavored, actually. It's, um, flavor notes. And they're like, oh, so like, it's flavored. And I'm like, no, it's not. And it's so hard to explain that it's just like, in the back of your mouth, it's not like, added in there. It's just kind of like how it tastes, I guess. Yes. And we will, 101ers, get to an episode or two on that's this specific stuff. It's That's coming good. up. We have, good. like we said at the beginning of this show, is we're we're moving towards getting out of the farm, mm-hmm. and um, so we're talking about harvesting today. And we have talked to a couple of experts in hand picking as well as machine picking. And after the break, Katie and I will hit the pros and cons on both methods and sum it all up. Stay with us. I'm Kenneth Thomas, and you're listening to Coffee 101. Humble sources only the best specialty coffee produced around the world and is consistently ranked one of the best specialty coffee roasters in the U.S. You don't settle in your intentional pursuit of your passion-based goals. Don't settle on the coffee that gets you there. Humble Coffee, only the best for the best. Look in the show notes for a link or go to humblecoffee.com. Hey, welcome back to Coffee 101. I'm Kenneth Thomas. So let's put everything together. Handpicked, we know, is a way that works well in certain situations yeah. and machine picked in other situations. And they both dun, 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 can have good tasting Coffee. Coffee. Wow. So when you're in the store and it says hand-picked, does it necessarily mean that you are getting a better bean? Nope. But you are at least getting a good bean, and there are 
other harvesting methods, mm-hmm. which machine picked, that can have some also can also have some good, you know, taste. Yeah. To them. So that's what it comes down to. So Katie, before we let everybody go, I, I wanna just hit um just a couple of things specifically and when it comes to hand picked versus machine picked. For quality, if you don't have a selective way to remove any unripe beans or overripe beans afterwards, handpicked is going to give you the best results compared to machine picked when it comes to quality. But if you do have a way to select that out, Mm -hmm. then it's a wash. Like you can get just as good of beans from either. Mm -hmm. When it comes to productivity, I would also call it a wash or what I'd say multifactorial, if that's even a word. Because um, for large farms, they don't have that massive transient workforce. Mm -hmm. And you cannot pick all of the beans before all the cherries before they are overripe. Now, alternatively, we know there's lost potential with machine picking if the unripes are picked and thus lost. Mm Mm-hmm. But that's, you know, just something we have to say it is what it is um, and just be aware of. For profitability, again, it's a wash because a small farm, there's no reason for them to have this massive machine that they work for 30 minutes, you know, twice a year. Mm-hmm. Um, as opposed to like Fred saying they had 3 million trees and they ran them 24 hours a day for like, Two months or yeah. something like that, that, which is pretty crazy. For the farmer or employee sustainability and quality of life, handpicked may offer the picker a job, yet it may pay low. Yeah, It offers more jobs, theoretically, than machine picked, but that may lower the farm o- owner's bottom line. But if his crop is better and he gets more money from it, maybe. So... It's hard to say on that. Right. And finally, environmental sustainability. Handpicking probably wins, although... More sustainable. Correct. Yeah. And and what, I guess you'd say eco-friendly. But mm-hmm. farming machinery is getting better right. uh, as far as decreasing emissions over time mm-hmm. and usage of fossil fuels and things like yeah. that. Um, but we're not there yet. Mm-hmm. I bet pretty soon I could get it to work off of solar power since they're outside all day anyway. Yeah, except if they're in cloud rest. Oh, that's true. And they're not, not getting any rest. sun. Yeah, not in cloud rest. So ultimately, it's complicated. You have to decide what your priority is for your cup of coffee. If it's taste, and if your cup of coffee tastes good to you, no matter how it is harvested. No matter how it is harvested. Then you're good. You're good. Amen. If your concern is environmental, even more so than the taste of the cup of coffee. You may shy away from machine picked until machinery technology gets better. What if you're a farmer with a huge farm and there's labor scarcity? Machine picked may be the best for you. And you can have a great specialty coffee through post-harvesting selection. Katie, I enjoyed having you on the show today. Well, I enjoyed being here. It was fun. And I learned a little bit. Yeah. Me too. Awesome. 
I'm Kenneth Thomas and was joined in the studio today by Katie. We talked with Delvin Navarro of Hawaiian Monarch Coffee and Navarro Farms, as well as Fred Cowell of Kauai Coffee. Two very different farms with very different needs. There are many factors that go into your cup, and harvesting is one of them. There's a right place for hand picking, and there's a right place for machine picking. We'll put a link to both farms and their social media in the show notes. Now, I am going to, without telling her, let Katie do the outro for us. Well, we hope you enjoyed the episode today. Thank you so much for listening. And make sure to give us a follow on all our social medias. We're on Instagram, YouTube, actually, podcast, and Facebook, I think. Yep. Um, Please leave a review. Let us know how good your day's going so far. I know we mentioned that earlier. And let us know how this has helped or any suggestions for something you want us to cover. And lastly, if you are a business looking for coffee, make sure to click the website link in the show notes or go to umblecoffee.com and fill out our wholesale contact form. All right, that's it for me and Katie. Love y'all. Love you guys. Love you guys.